Auckland's famous madam Flora McKenzie has now inspired a trilogy of crime novels by writer Jen Sheaf. The first two in the series, The Gentleman's Club and The Vanishing Act, were both finalists in the Niomarsh Awards. Number three, The Final Call, is set in 1979 Auckland, where there's all kinds of boundary-pushing going on in society, fashion, music and social attitudes, but male homosexuality and prostitution are still illegal. Yadna Saw reads from The Final Call. The raids drill was something all new girls were told about on day one. Wooden crucifixes were to come out of drawers and be hung up on the bedroom walls. Girls were to quickly make their beds and change into their office girl clothes and shoo the men down the fire escape and out into the rear car park. By the time police stepped through the front door, the girls would be sitting demurely, Bibles or knitting in hand. If the police decided to cart them off, see them in court, they'd soon be discharged. They'd settle their ruffled feathers and get back onto the job quick smart. Nothing the police had charged Rita with had ever stuck. Not one conviction. Hardly anyone had ever given evidence against her. And if they had, there was always Jonathan, Carmel's big brother, the famous lawyer. Who could doubt him when they heard his court voice, saw how he was dressed as he calmly asserted that Rita merely ran a boarding house for young women of good character. Jen Sheaf is with us now on Zoom from Turangi. Kia ora, Jen. Kia ora, Lynn. Good to talk to you again. Look, this, the, I, you. The, one of the premises for um, your trilogy is the first was set in the 50s, the next in the 60s, this in the 1970s. What strikes you about Auckland, Tamaki Makoro in the, in the 1970s? What are the biggest changes since, say, that first novel from the 50s? Well, it was a time, I think probably, but I'm not a social historian, I'm just really interested in social history, so I'm probably blundering about, but it strikes me as a time when change was happening really quickly. News of, of fashion and music and food um, was reaching New Zealand much faster than it used to. Um, people's attitudes were, were changing to all sorts of things. The political environment was fascinating. Um, the The way that people went went about their their day I think was 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 different in terms of cars were probably a bit faster and it was just a time of rapid change. We're back with Rita who's inspired by but not Flora McKenzie uh, with her gentleman's club with her house of ill repute some might say so where is she I mean she's 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 get she's a lot older than when we first met her um, but how is she coping with the with the changes? She um, just really carries on business as usual, which was one of the things that intrigued me about Flora McKenzie and why I was so inspired to base my character Rita Saunders on Flora, that she set up her house of ill repute during World War II just to provide a service for for sailors and and also uh, job opportunities for for young women who she knew um, would benefit if they had a higher salary than just a regular nurse or secretary or whatever was open to young women in the 1940s. Um, and so she, in the 70s, is pretty much as she was in the 40s. She's she's older, but she's aware of that, and it, it hasn't um, cramped her personal style at all. But she's providing a service and providing jobs for young women. And someone in whose circle is murdered. Um, give us a non-spoiler synopsis, Jen, if you would. Um, she, um, Rita, takes in 
two sisters um, from from Wellington, um, Carmel and Tess, who over the they they both joined Rita's set up in the 50s, although we didn't really, we didn't know at all about Tess and Karma was just a passing reference for people who happen to have read the first book. Um, and they become her top call girls over 20 years. And then while out on a job, um, horrifyingly and shockingly, Tess becomes murdered. Mount Erebus, the flight to Mount Erebus also uh, is referenced here. Carmel has, um, well, the, the, the story is, is based on Carmel O'Sullivan and her family. Tess is one of her two sisters. Her other sister, Maxine, who's a businesswoman, runs a fur shop in Upper Queen Street, um, is one of the very unfortunate people who um, books on the flight to go to Antarctica. And so the 257 people who died there sent ripples right through New Zealand society at the time. It was just a, a stop in the tracks, terrible, awful thing. And Carmel and her family have to process that. Um, it was a fascinating thing to write about. It's a small part of the book, but it was a fascinating part to, to write about. One of Carmel's supporters is Estevan. Now, we've met Estevan from the previous novels also, based on a on a real character, but his own character within the, the life of the book. Uh, what's, his, what's his role, this Hungarian immigrant with a big personality? What's his role in The Final well, he- Call? He's um, a kind of a, um, a microcosm of what's happened to, to New Zealand. He's grown up since we first met him in the 50s. He, he was a Hungarian immigrant from, the, from 1956, um, from after the revolution. And his English wasn't good. His self-awareness um, and his confidence, not, you know, the, the, he's grown a lot in, in 20 years. His English is now good. He's decided that he can do more for himself than be Rita's right-hand man. He's, he's pushed the trolleys of booze and he's probably gathered up the laundry and he's done the orders and he's served behind the bar for 20 years and it's, it's a bit too long. And he's decided that he's loved Carmel quietly from the wings and now it's time for something to be done about that. Rita has a constant battle on her hands with the local media, with the local press, doesn't she? Yes, she does. She's um, she's she's really gutsy and brave, and she doesn't um, she doesn't actually care a lot what people say about it because she knows she's going to be all right. As as Yardner's little extract showed, she just she just carries on, and she knows she's never she's never been charged. Why should she be charged? So many of her clients are the are the upper crust of Auckland. She's got judges who are her friends, and and Carmel's brother Jonathan is her very good lawyer. Um, so she's she's just not at all concerned about the press, really. She knows there's no, no harm that can come. She can just ring the editor and say, for goodness sake, what do you think you're doing? When you've envisaged a, a, a trilogy of books, Jen, and you've spent so much time in the lives of these characters, those you made up entirely and those based on real-life characters, is, is it would it be hard to leave them? Oh, that's interesting. Um, no, not really. I think I have left them. When when the book was finished, um, I sort of felt a, a kind of a squeak coming from inside my computer. I think they wanted to come out, but I was quite pleased to leave them there. Can you tell us what I you're working I, on? Can you tell us what you're working on now? 
I'm putting my writing energy into film reviews, Lynn, and I'm loving it. I do a film review every week for the for the local cinema, and the Herald's picked up my reviews. Sometimes I'll do um, streamed movies. Mostly I'll just go to the cinema and review a new movie, and I love doing that. I suspect we'll talk again about another novel at some stage, though, Jen. Ngamehi uh, Nui, thank you so much. Jen Sheaf's novel is called The Final Call, and it's published by Mary Egan Publishing.